am Lori Power, Director of Evangelization and Discipleship at Christ the Redeemer Parish in Echo. Welcome to Talking Saints. I'm here today with my co-host, Peter Sanchez, reporter for the Catholic Star Herald. Hi, Peter. Hey, Lori. It's nice to be here again for the final saint of 2020. I know. It has been, we're, we're almost to the end of the year. <laughs> I know. You know, uh, praise God that we're, uh, we've been able to continue this. And, uh, yes. Um, it's been obviously a strange year for everybody, but I sincerely hope that the saint we'll talk about today and the other saints that we talked about have uh, inspired or, or they can inspire us all, especially now. Um, mm. So who are we talking about this December 9th, 9th correct? Yes. yes. St. Juan Diego. St. Juan Diego is associated, of course, with Our Lady of Guadalupe. Um, he is the saint that she appeared to, and ultimately she appeared on his tilma, but let me not get ahead of myself. <laughs> no, that was a really short, that was like the cliff notes. That was it. There you go. That's what you need <laughs> to done. know about. We're <laughs> done. Everybody, happy new year. <laughs> not yet. He had a little bit more of a story to him. <laughs> so we can oh, be okay. inspired by the details, right? Okay. Well, let's, okay, Lori, what, what, uh, what have you learned? What have you uncovered? Okay. So. He was born in 1474, so he is certainly not a modern saint, but is one that we still uh, know and venerate. Uh, He is a convert, so he is, of course, native to Mexico, and he eventually converted to Catholicism and was baptized and named Juan Diego. His given name, however, which I cannot pronounce, I apologize, I'm not even going to try, his given name meant eagle that talks or singing eagle. Um, And then, of course, he took the name Juan Diego when he was baptized, though as a child, he was raised according to the Aztec pagan religion of the time and and that culture. But he seemed to show an unusual, uh, had sort of a a mystical sense that that he knew there was something uh, bigger, there was something greater out there spiritually, even before the Franciscan missionaries shared the gospel with him. So he had an openness to it. Yeah. And he and his wife, Maria Lucia, uh, converted to Catholicism and were actually among the first to be baptized in their region. Mm-hmm. And Juan Diego, uh, he was on fire with the Holy Spirit. He would very committed to the faith and he would walk long distances to receive religious instruction at the Franciscan mission station at the time. And uh, he had an incredible, profound experience on mm-hmm. December 9th, 1531. Correct. Yeah, he was going to be at the center of a world-changing miracle (laughs) for sure on that day. So he was hurrying to Mass to celebrate the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. Uh, But as one article wrote, this is, is put very well, the woman he was heading to church to celebrate came to him instead. And in the native Aztec dialect, this woman who was described as radiant announced herself to Juan Diego as the ever-perfect Holy Mary, who has the honor to be the mother of the true God. So it's interesting. We see in more modern apparitions that Mary doesn't necessarily identify herself that plainly initially, but it looks like she was coming in and she was going to make it very clear who she was and that she had a request yeah. for Juan Diego. And she was very persistent. Um, <laughs> she said, uh, and um, the request... Uh, w- right. She asked, she said to Juan Diego, please go to the local bishop um, and ask him to build a chapel here, a church that would be dedicated to her son, and it would be on the site of a former pagan temple. 
that would uh, then show Jesus to all the, the people of that time and exalt him throughout the world. So that was her request. But she was asking this of a simple farmer who mm-hmm. probably had never had any audience with the bishop and it would probably be difficult to do so. And um, not surprisingly, he did he did try to go and talk to the bishop though. So Juan Diego was trying to be, was trying to fulfill her request, but not surprisingly, uh, Bishop, I believe it's Zumaraga. Am I saying that correctly, Pete? Uh, maybe Zumaraga. Ah, much better. Thank I you. I, I thought I'm butchering <laughs> it too. Yeah, he went to the bishop and uh, the bishop, you know, he was kind of the intermediary right. between the, <laughs> the uh, messenger because, between Mary yes, and, uh, and the, the bishop. bishop, the humble messenger. Mm. The, the bishop asked for proof of a sign. Uh, the apparition was real and really was from heaven. Mm. And then he went back and he encountered the Virgin and Mary said, okay, and said, I'll provide proof on the next day, December 11th. But this is a funny story. So then <laughs> um, the next day, Juan Diego's uncle became sick and he had to stay in care for him. And the next day, December 12th, he tried to find a priest for his uncle, knowing that he had missed his appointment mm-hmm. with Mary the day before and was very embarrassed, ashamed, and didn't want to face the Virgin. He was, you know, upset. But as in all things, Mary intercepted. You know, you That's can't right. hide. You can't hide from Mary. You can't hide from her. She knows where you are and said, what's wrong? And he explained what was going on and promised to return after he helped his uncle. And she looked at him and said, no estoy yo aquí, que soy tu madre? Which in English is, am I not here? I who am your mother. And basically telling him, your uncle is going to be okay. He's going to be cured. And then told him to climb the hill and collect uh, the flowers growing there. Mm. And then he put him in his tilma, his cloak, uh, and then returned to Mary. And and I think also, Lori, this was December. Right. When, so, so that's that another miracle. Was a miracle where well, the flowers? Yes. When are you going to find flowers blooming in December in Mexico? And they. So he put them in his tilma, and what? And I think another just, interesting fact, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, those particular roses typically only grew in Spain. So this was a bishop that was originally from Spain. And that was also part of the miracle that when he saw these flowers, he would know that they were not flowers he could find in Mexico, that it was clearly something that God had provided. But then the miracle got even bigger than that. So continue, Pete. Yeah, it kept on. Well, uh, so the Virgin Mary arranged the flowers in the his tilma and said this would be a sign so for the bishop so he went back to the bishop and he opened his cloak and i i don't know i i'm not sure there was the image there was an imprinted image of mary that was not there before Mm. that was now on the cloak and i believe the flowers fell out the flowers were still a part of it so uh that's just and now um there was that and then the next day Juan Diego his uncle was fully healed and his uncle explained that he too also had seen the Virgin Mary and then uh, not only now she also instructed that uh, not only to build a church on Tepeyac Hill but also now to be known uh, with the title of Our Lady of Guadalupe Mm. 
And uh, I understand, Lori, that the, the uh, after this happened, um, so the bishop believed. Yeah, the bishop believed, and, and so so many, so many others. So many others. Yes. Yeah. So I believe there was a historian at the time. Um, Ten years after this appearance happened to Juan Diego, so by uh, 1541, about nine million people in Mexico had converted to Catholicism. So uh, they had wow. left uh, the Aztec religion, which required human sacrifice. That was part of their. Um, practice, but in a in a non bloody, non warlike way, this entire people was converted. This entire country was converted through Our Lady. There was also another miracle with the tilma, which I think we were talking about earlier. Um, there was some sort of Aztec celebration happening, and I think an arrow was shot into the sky and then came down and uh, tragically pierced the neck of one of the people who were there for this celebration. And they took the tilma and placed it over this man, and he was immediately healed. So many, many people were there and witnessed that, and that also sparked conversion on the part of the native Aztec people. And that tilma, that tilma was uh, previously in the uh, private chapel of the uh, the bishop, but now it's in the church mm, that's there, correct? That was, and, yes, the one anybody? that he built at Our Lady's request. Yes. And you have a funny story, Lori, about a, a, a recent uh, politician, right? <laughs> yes, so was, there was a, who will remain nameless, there was an American politician that had visited Mexico and was being given a tour of the basilica. And I guess this person didn't really know the story, so when they arrived at the image, she said, oh wow, that's a beautiful image, and had asked the priest who's giving the tour, who painted this image? And he replied, God did. (laughs) So he was very plain about the fact that this was a miracle, and it had appeared miraculously, and it was even the image itself, they have studied it. The tilma should have broken down, it was very, it was what it was made of should, would, should not have held up even for maybe 10, 20 years afterwards, let alone hundred of, hundreds of years later, it still remains intact. Um, and the image itself, from what they can see, it's not uh, like anything else. It's not like it's painted. It's, like, it's, it's almost like it floats above the tilma miraculously itself. Um, and they've studied it very carefully, and one of the things that I remember is if they looked, when they magnified Our Lady's eyes, they can actually see Juan Diego. So we can see what she was looking at as she appeared at that moment, and you can see him when you magnify it. So the detail is incredible, um, and they have concluded, obviously, that the tilma itself and the image is miraculous, that it, it's still intact today, and just the way that the image lies on the tilma is also miraculous. Yeah. And during the revolutions in Mexico in the early uh, 1900s, the beginning of the 20th century, they attempted to destroy the image and the, there were things that were destroyed around it, the basilica windows, the flower holders, but the pane of glass that was protecting uh, the, uh, the tilma was uh, unharmed. Wow. No damage. Mm. Yeah, so very, um, and you can still see it. It's pretty, um, it's pretty amazing. I hope, uh, hope one day to go mm. see that. Have no. you seen it, Lori? I have not, not in no. person, no. Yeah. So everybody, and so back to Juan. Yes. <laughs> so this, I imagine, was a pretty life-changing event for him, but 
he actually requested permission from the bishop to live as a hermit in a small um, hut near the chapel where the image was placed for veneration initially. And he remained there, lived a life of prayer, and he cared for the church and then for the first pilgrims who came to pray and to venerate the image. So he really uh, received a grace through this, uh, not just of being you know, Our Lady's chosen messenger, but the fact that his life now became dedicated to prayer and to the practice of virtue and to you know love for his neighbor, that's really how it changed him um, and why we hold him up as a model of virtue today. Yeah, and it just goes to show you that Mary and God can, uh, can, can use us, uh, whoever we are. Mm. And uh, you know, look, look at Juan Diego, he considered himself a, a humble, a humble uh, peasant and farmer, farmer. and uh, he didn't consider himself worthy. But Mary kept coming back to him, and the the other thing too, you can't hide. Like I said before, you can't <laughs> hide true. from Mary. You can't hide from God. So that's true. If God has a mission for your life, don't try to run. It's it's futile. <laughs> exactly, exactly, Lori. Just I couldn't... embrace it. Ask God what He wants you to do, and carry it out. Yeah, and that's... He will give you the grace. And yeah, even the fact that his uncle was healed. It was interesting that while this is happening, he's seeing the mother of God. He still has, you know, these concerns, these worldly things that he has to to tend to. And she said, why are you worried? It's I'll take care of him. You don't have to take care of him. Yeah. Am am I not here? I who am your mother. Mm. You know, that's what that's kind of almost a nice phrase to say. Maybe I'll start. Maybe my own life, I'll pick that up. You know, if I say the rosary or just pray, you know, just to know that Mary is always with us mm. and in that image and everywhere. Mm. Looking so, out for us as a good mother. Yes. <laughs> and, and Lori, well, before we get to the final prayer, sure. should we um, just t- talk a bit about the year, wrap yes, up the year? Yes, let's wrap up so, 2020. Well, um, again, as, as, as we said at the beginning, this is the final episode of 2020. And by, during the holidays, if you've missed any, if, if you want to catch up on them, we've talked about some really amazing saints. Uh, we talked about saints to pray to during this pandemic time. Saints like Anthony of the Desert, St. Faustina. St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, but we also talked about uh, one of my favorite saints, St. Ignatius of Loyola, and Lori, if I'm not wrong, we've talked about one of your favorite saints, if not your favorite, St. Therese of Lisieux. Oh, yes. So, and Lori has a fantastic story about that. Um, so I, I encourage everybody to listen to St. Therese. That was in uh, October? Yes, October 1st. October, it's yes. So yes. go back it's in and hear Lori, Lori's story. Yes. Um, and I think we'll, and uh, yeah, so if you have time, you know, Who if you're- Who was your favorite of 2020, Pete? 2020, uh, you know, I, I will say I have two of them. Two? The one okay. that I've loved, St. Ignatius of Loyola, mm. because I've known him for many years, known of him. I didn't, I wish I knew him. <laughs> um, uh, I've known of him. Um, but the one that really surprised me was St. Philip Neri. Mm. Just all his work during the Reformation. Uh just such a big uh, a big part of evangelization and uh, I guess he's a saint that surprised me do, mm. do, can I ask you that Lori was there any saint going through researching that surprised you this year mm. I really liked getting to know I think we did Marianne Cope right back in February was that or January when was her feast yeah, day January. Okay, so the beginning of the year 
just the incredible audacity of this woman to head to a place where she knew she'd probably never come home and could contract a deadly disease, but she knew she was supposed to be there. And she was also confident, I remember this, that she told the sisters that went with her that God had assured her they would not contract that disease, at least not immediately. They would be able to serve the people. So that was impressive. Mm. Yeah, that's that's another one I, I did not have any idea about. Mm. Um, I had heard of St. Catherine Drexel and St. Ignatius of Loyola, but Philip Neary only passingly, and I don't even know if I'd heard of St. Mary and Cope yeah. before this year. So um, if if the Spirit so moves you, listen, maybe listen to a story of somebody who you don't know, or um, or just if you want to refresh her during this time of making cookies or... <laughs> Exactly. You know, decorating yes. the Christmas tree, or even listen to our uh, our infamously short Saint Nicholas one from <laughs> last right. year, right? So we need to we need to uh, we need to do that like a bonus episode or something. Oh, Saint Nicholas, year. that's true. We need to. Um, well, Lori, well, do we, you have? Shall we ask for Saint Juan Diego's intercession? Amen. Let's do Amen. that. Yeah. Oh, Saint Juan Diego, in appearances. Of Our Lady of Guadalupe, you, a humble peasant, were chosen as her messenger. Your faithfulness in this task is evident still today in the miraculous image the Virgin left upon your tilma. Intercede for us, we pray, that we might have your childlike trust in the Mother of God, and that our hearts might respond to her maternal promptings. Through such simple confidence, obedience, and love, may we join you one day in sharing everlasting joy where your heavenly mother reigns in the glory of her son. Amen. St. Juan Diego, pray pray for for us. us.